You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. I'd have to say my dream day or days would consist of two different types. It'd be in the Northwest or it'd be in the ocean. So I, my dream is to have part of my life consist of being in Florida where I grew up and fishing out of a skiff boat. So let's say 10 years from now, I have a family and a kid and a dog and we are driving the boat. I'm, I'm driving the boat and I got the family in the boat and we're going out to a, to a little mud flat where there's redfish and there's snook and there's tarp and all up in these mangroves. And I get to watch my growing son or my wife catch a fish on a fly rod as I'm push pulling them. And we swim that day. We are, I'm filming whoever's fishing. They're filming me. We're getting content for whatever companies I'm with. And I think that would just be like the picture perfect day. And then driving back home on a sunset with the ocean breeze. I love the ocean so much. And then the other aspect would be rowing a drift boat or being in the drift boat with my future family. And uh, just summertime, I love throwing, I do love throwing streamers in the fall, but I do, uh, I would take big dry flies on the bank of a gorgeous river in the middle of the summer, like salmon flies or like golden stone flies or hoppers, big foam dry flies or big browns and big rainbows and big cutties. I would take those on a summer day in a drift boat. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by the folks at the Fly Crate. Get double the flies when you join their monthly fly club for a fun way to learn fly fishing and discover new flies each month. Just use the code DOUBLETHEFLIES at checkout or stock up on flies for your next trip and get free shipping on all orders of $15 or more. Go to www.theflycrate.com to adventure by the fly. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Stoked you chose to join us this time around. We really appreciate it. Going to take you to the water. We're going to take you to Missoula, Montana. We've got Joseph Evans on the line from Ida Fly. Joseph, thanks for coming on the podcast tonight. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. Yeah, man, we've got a lot of water to cover. I know we do. And uh, I, I've been looking forward to chatting with you all week. So um, we're going to talk about Ida Fly. We're going to talk about kind of where your fly fishing has taken you, what it's brought to your life. Um, totally kind of where you're going with it, what you're up to next. But um, let's start at the beginning, Joseph. How did you come to find fly fishing? Where did it all uh, kind of start for you? Oh, man. Well, um, started with fishing with my father, and I was born in Tampa Bay, Florida. And when I was about five years old in kindergarten, my family decided to move to Boise, Idaho. And my dad and I got out in the water, out in the Boise River for the first time. And, you know, we were just throwing worms. But for some reason... After the first time when I got home that night, it was just weird. I was like, hey, Dad, like, can we go fishing again? And sure enough, the, the ball started rolling really, really fast. And uh, mm-hmm. from conventional fishing, bass ponds to stock trout with worms, by the time I was about eight, my dad and I just wanted to do something different, something fun. So we tackled fly fishing. He got a fly rod. Um, but sadly, he took a job back in Florida when I was eight at that time, right as we hopped into fly fishing. And that's kind of where I had the option to either drop it, like, do I continue? Or do I pick it up and just go on my own and figure it out? 
And from there, it's just been me figuring it out. And I work hard at it, and I love it so much. I can tell by just your Instagram account, the the pics you're putting out there, you obviously put a lot of time on the water. Tell us who kind of influenced you after that. It sounds like your dad kind of got, got the kind of got it the stoke going for you but where where did you kind of draw your influences is there online stuff is there buddies you happen to uh, be fishing around talk to me about that yeah um truly when i was younger i didn't really know what the influence was it was kind of just my own self-drive of uh it was just what i found was the most fun and it was just almost a hunger to get better and to keep learning but as i got older uh i would say Fly shops were huge. I looked up to a lot of the guys. I went into Three Rivers Ranch in Eagle, Idaho almost all the time. And for me being super little and buying my first Waterworks Lampson uh, triple spool um, with my own money and kind of building my way up. So with dad not around, I was literally on my bike before I got my permit and driver's license, biking upwards of five miles just to go to certain sections on the river with my buddy Derek, or we would go to certain uh, carp ponds or bass ponds and my mom when I was even younger would be driving me all across the town as I would be like looking on google earth trying to find different places or if she said she walked the green belt and saw a good spot for me I was all about it and we hopped right on it so I'd try to get anywhere I could and my my biggest influence back to the question I guess would definitely have been my dad and him leaving left me to kind of figure it out with him being gone on my own so I could bring it back to him. And he wasn't a big fisherman. He just would do it with me. It was something for us to do together. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. And it, it was. It's, it's amazing, though, how when when you meet somebody that kind of comes to it on their own, I think most people that are really passionate about whatever they do, you know, somebody can show you how to do something. But that right. passion, I don't know where that passion comes from. It's like a switch, though, right? And once it's turned totally. on... Uh, it sounds like you got pretty switched on there. So talk to me. I know you have been working in a fly shop, at least you were last uh, last spring, early summer. Talk to me. Yeah. Where, where were you working and what was that experience like? Yeah, uh, I got the opportunity in January of 2020. I sent out an email to Henry's Fork Anglers. It was kind of my dream fly shop to work at. Uh, basically an inquiry for a summer seasonal job application to be in the retail and hopefully work my way up to guiding as I stay within their business. Um, it was, it was tough because I was supposed to go out in May of 2020. And when COVID hit, they didn't think they would need me. They thought they would roll with their handful of guys that they rolled through with the winter and be okay with business predicting to be slow. Sure enough, I came out there to fish in Eastern Idaho and stopped in the shop. And I just saw one guy around the counter, my buddy Max, and he was busy. And I was like, Oh man, so I walked to the back and I go, I'm ready to come out here when you are. And sure enough, I got that text as I left back to Boise and I was out there June 29th, all the way up until the first week of August this hmm. year until I started college. So I was only there for about a month, sadly, but it was, it was a fun season while it lasted and I plan to be back there next year. Cool. Uh, where are you going to school? I'm going to school at University of Montana in Missoula. Yeah. What are you taking? I chose... I am majoring in journalism. Oh, wow. Yeah, I like multimedia, obviously, by the way I'm passionate about my Instagram. And I think social media marketing is super interesting. I love photography, videography, editing. I noticed your logo on IdaFly was travel, fish, and film. It sounds like it's uh, kind of right up your alley. Yeah, it's it's. I love that slogan. 
It's not just something that goes in my Instagram bio to make it look full. That's that slogan is basically what I live for when I fish. Like those three things are um, going to be what I accomplish with my dream. Like I dream to travel the world, to fish and to film it all. So I hope I'm going to keep on that chase and get to that dream someday. And with that first slogan, that first uh, design I came up with will be something I can always look back on. So I'm really excited. That's pretty cool. So I want to take a couple minutes to get to know you off the water. So I know uh, right now you're in Missoula, Montana. Yeah. Talk to me about when you're driving to the river or still water, wherever you're headed, uh, what are you listening to in the truck? What kind of tunes you got playing? <laughs> Definitely it's either, it kind of depends on the vibe. Um, if it's like a, if it's like a trip, you know, it's going to be a long drive. I'll always start off with something more like rap. I listen to juice world. I listen to, um, post Malone, a lot of those guys that mm-hmm. kind of got more of an upbeat, but I'm not huge into music. Like I'm not big when a new album drops, I don't freak out. I don't really know that, that what's going on, but I'll definitely listen to rap and more upbeat music. And then usually on the way back from a trip, uh, way back from a trip when I'm driving back mm-hmm. from a day of fishing and I'm just mellowed out, I'll usually listen to country or I love the band camp a lot. Yeah. Cool. Uh, one go-to fly pattern you can't live without. So if you're, uh, headed to your favorite, uh, stretch of river, what are you, uh, more often than not tying on the end of your, uh, fly line? Oh man. Ah, that's a tough one. <laughs> I honestly have to say like a smaller streamer, potentially like a rather either if that's like a small peanut envy from Kelly Gallup, like a leech. Mm-hmm. or if it's a um a mini sex dungeon those i mean streamers i feel like you can catch fish on anywhere you go just depends on the size of fish that you're targeting of course and where what type of water it is but i just i think if you don't go with with a streamer then you're out of luck pick pick one for me bows or browns oh browns all day i'd rather i'd rather go after a brown and not catch anything all day to get one nice brown yeah i think you're fishing streamers for a reason right there that's right. Favorite place to talk fly fishing. So maybe it's the shop you're at in the, in the summer. Uh, is there a coffee shop, um, a fly shop, somewhere you kind of restaurant, somewhere you go to kind of get your fix when you're not in your waders? Yeah, totally. Um, when I'm not in my waders, I'd have to say that I love to go talk fly fishing. Either if it's just friends and it's a FaceTime call and I'm talking about where we're going to go next or our recent trip. That's my personal favorite, just phone calls and speaking with other buddies I fish with. But I'd say the most fish talk that occurs is when I'm um, pointing people in the right direction with flies and location that are beginners or they come to Island Park in the summer. That's where I got to talk to the most people in a day about fishing literally nonstop all day because I'm trying to convince them to go to the right place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the job. <laughs> Favorite sports team? Is there a uh, professional sports team, college team, uh, you football guy, hockey yeah, guy? Yeah, I love watching football. Okay. Absolutely love it. College football is my favorite. Yeah. Who's uh, your team? I don't – I love watching Boise State. I don't have a team, yeah. to be honest with you. I love watching Clemson. I'm not a Bama fan. I do love watching Clemson, but I think they can't be number one forever, so someone's got to knock them out at some point. <laughs> And I'm a, I'm a big Bucks fan for the NFL. Yeah, makes sense. Florida connection. 
Yep. Biggest lesson you've taken away on your fly fishing journey so far. So if you had to kind of distill down a single takeaway, what does it bring to your life if you had to verbalize it? Oh, that's broad. I love it. I, let me think. Take, so one, you said one lesson. Take Take your time. So yeah, just kind of. When you think about fly fishing, and, and obviously you could probably think back to a time before fly fishing, but what is it that you get out of it? Okay, I got it. The one lesson that always sticks back in my head is when I was 17 years old. I posted about it on Instagram and told all my friends. I didn't really know what I was going to do. I thought I was going to take school really seriously and go into the medical field, excuse me, or something like that. Although... I found out what made me happiest was fly fishing. And no matter how much money I'm making, no matter how broke I am, I always find a way to get on the river or get in my truck that takes me somewhere crazy. And that is what, I mean, that's just what makes me happy. Like, I don't know when I'm fishing, I literally don't think of anything. Like I just, I am completely blank minded or unless I had like a focus to get a good photo shoot in that day or something like that. But when I'm fishing, I just forget about reality. And I think that's a huge lesson that, most people forget these days is they're not doing what makes them happy. And if you work hard enough at what you, what, if you work hard enough at what makes you happy, you'll eventually find that there's money in that industry. And that's what I'm kind of trying to figure out now is I love what I do. I know what I'm going to do the rest of my life is, fly, is this being in this industry and fly fishing. So I'm just finding little ways to learn how to make money in it because I do have to make money um, to support a life in the future although that's just never been what it's about and it's not going to be what it's about for the rest of my life is how much money I make. It's pretty cool to uh, hear so, you know, a younger person verbalize that because I think you're bang on. Like, I've always looked at whatever career I happen to be in that way. If you're passionate enough about it, you work hard enough at it, the money, it, it isn't always there up front, but uh, it circles back, right? So you tie in right. that journalism thing that you want to get going, whether it's yeah. podcasting or just uh, doing, you know, making vids of your trips or, um, you know, there's so many ways you can go with that. You're going to find a way to, uh -huh. to make a living. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Fill in the blank for me. When I'm not fly fishing, I'm usually doing what? Since fly fishing kind of takes up majority of my life when I'm not actually fishing, I'm always doing something related to fly fishing. Rather, that's editing photos in my dorm room here until 2 in the morning, trying not to wake up my roommate. If that's tying flies for a trip coming up. If that is cleaning out my truck, I do that a lot. <laughs> but if we're talking outside fly fishing... I'm a pretty social person. I could talk to any person that walks up to me at any given moment, I believe. And I think that I, I mean, I love being in a social setting, hanging out with friends, not the biggest partier, but I love getting out and going and doing things with friends. If it's just shopping or going on a hike with a bunch of them and talking to them all and just hanging out, I'm totally up that alley. I love to play basketball too. And I'll play video games, but rarely ever. <laughs> What's uh what's the so the end game for you? I can kind of see where you're going. Is guiding in your future at all, or is, are you thinking more of a more of a kind of uh, media? Right. Uh, that's I'm 18, so that's kind of a huge, huge decision. I've got to start like leaning towards at some point. So my goal is to dabble into both. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna stick with Henry's Fork Anglers, and I recently bought a drift boat. When I got to Missoula, that was actually the first thing I did, and we can talk about that more later. 
Although I would love to guide because I love rowing a boat. I love teaching. I love, I'm a people person. So it's right up my alley. Although guiding is very hard work and I can see the type of toll it takes on some of the guides when they come back at night, how beat they are. And I don't truly want to be in that position. I want to feel relaxed, but I do want to guide some for the experience. And I feel like I'm going to end up going down the media business route uh, when the time comes. But I think guiding is going to be a great way to network, meet the right people. And then I can hopefully build those strong connections with the right people through guiding that I can um, link up with later in life. And we can have win-win scenarios on a different aspect, maybe in the industry uh, in relations to business. Yeah. What's the best job you've ever had so far? Definitely in the fly fishing industry, like Henry's Fork Anglers, that's truly like the one fly fishing job I've had. Uh, but, but before that, I worked at a catering company uh, serving, and I absolutely loved it. It was just so fun. It was really, really high class, and that was in Boise uh, for Simplot. You got to really be a people person to do that, and it sounds to oh, me yeah. like you're, you're definitely not an introvert. No, I am not. You could ask anyone. Yeah, I'm picking that up. Best fly fishing location you have been personally, without giving away your secret spot. Um <laughs> I mean, that might be kind of hard, but totally. I mean, is it? Let's put it this way: is it? Is it in Montana? Is it in Idaho? Um, you don't have to get too specific. Are we talking about good fishing, or as in just as a whole scene fishing? If you could go to that place tomorrow, it's kind of your go-to. Like, wow, I I'd like to go there again. Uh, what would come to mind? Oh man. That is hard. <laughs> well, you you got so many blue ribbon trout waters around where you're at. There's no bad choices, right? Like, right. Hmm. We can come back to that. Yeah, that one would take me a long time <laughs> to maybe try yeah. to think about. I just love them all so equally, I would say. Uh, every one that I go to, I always try to go to new ones. But when it comes to like guiding in that area of Island Park in eastern Idaho, nothing beats the South Fork of the Snake River through the canyon section. I've ne- I haven't done it a lot, but I did an overnighter on a small raft. Thought I was going to die with my best buddy Bradley. And that one will probably always bring back the most memories and the most beauty and how much water pumps out of it. Although it's just hard to choose one. The Boise River will always have my heart where I was grown up and where I learned to fish. And that river, that people that know about the Boise River, it is easily one of the most technical streams fish don't eat dry flies there you either nymph and you get lucky or you either fish streamers and you get lucky it's a river where you catch a 16 inch rainbow in your three outings of going out there and you love that rainbow to death Hmm. it is it's a very and i've also that river another reason why it's so special to my heart is i was baptized in that river and i also caught uh, the largest brown of my life twice in that river it's probably kind of talk to this a little bit as far as growing up on a river where you really have to work for your fish it's not like they're right. everywhere um how much of an impact on your fishing has that had that has made the most of any aspect or impact i guess you could say because after growing up and fishing the boise and working for every fish you catch and potentially not catching a fish for a week to catch one 22 inch brown like it is a absolute grind It really humbles you. And when I went to the Henry's Fork, I became spoiled very, very quickly. Although I learned that 
um, it makes you cherish every river differently. Hmm. That's pretty cool. I, I could see how that would really help your fishing though. Cause I think, you know, Definitely. if you were to start, well, if you start on a river or a system that is just that lights out all the time and there's a few of those, but it's, uh-huh. you know, it, it doesn't teach you the lessons you maybe need right. to know. Right. Yeah. It makes you impatient on the times where it's hard. Yeah. Amen to that. I get that. Um, any crazy fish stories for us in your time on the water? So it sounds like you put a lot of hours in uh, over the last few years for sure. Is anything weird or wonderful happened to you that kind of comes to mind? Yeah, I got a couple. It'd be hard to think of every one, but there's one that's a funny story that I will never forget. And that was when I was floating the Madison River for the first time with my best buddy Bradley and my girlfriend Annika over the summer. And they all three of us fell out of the boat within two minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a pretty bizarre occurrence. How it went is for I was in my small Saturn raft. It was a little it was a little twelve and a half foot narrow version, kind of like a fly craft. Right. And I was rowing it and the Madison moves, like water pushes down that river, but you can't really tell sometimes. There's a lot of hidden boulders and such and it's no not a difficult river to row at all. It was just my buddy Bradley hooked a nice fish under a tree and I'm slowing down and I decide to hop out of the water and net the fish for him. And I was going to net the fish in my Crocs wet waiting and I slipped and fell in. But as I was falling in, I reached down netting it. So I was underwater with the fish in the net. <laughs> I give him, I give him the net. I get back in the boat and immediately start rowing. Uh, we were getting ready to kind of bump into the bank after I net that fish. So I'm back rowing hard. He hops out of the boat and he's got his waders on. He falls in, hopping out of the boat on his first step. We're like, oh my gosh, like we're all wet. Sure enough, I'm like, hurry, get back in, because there was a big boulder coming up, right? As he gets back in, big boulder comes up. My girlfriend, Annika, is sitting out the back in a sweatshirt with sweats on, just fully warmed up as the evening and the sun had set on the Madison. It gets cold quick. And we bellied up onto this rock, like beach, breached up, or excuse me, we beached up on this little rock, that was sticking out of the water and she was laying like laying up the seat on the back, like looking over the back edge of it. And she just, we both looked back and she's flying in the middle of the air and she bruised her hip so bad. Oh. And she fell in and her sweats and sweatshirt were all soaked. So that was the story on the Madison with like two of my favorite people went in including myself within like two minutes <laughs> yeah i have a question yeah are we, are we allowed to cuss or no you can say whatever you want okay i, I was gonna say she bruised the shit out of her hip but i paused and didn't say <laughs> no that's fine i just so you know i uh i didn't used to on the show on the first i don't know 20 30 episodes even more i i I edited everything out, but um, I just found that at some point it, you just want people's real stories, and if that kind of flows, yeah, totally. it flows with a the conversation, then so be it. So, yeah, um, take us through your dream day on the water, and I know this is kind of a big question, but if you could have your day, it sounds like it might be chasing Browns with streamer patterns, but you know, describe it for us, take us to the water so that, uh, especially as we get into these cooler months and we kind of get itching to get fishing, um, walk us through your dream day. Is there a cup of coffee in the morning? Uh, you know, what does that look like? Right. 
I'd have to say my dream day or days would consist of two different types. It'd be in the Northwest or it'd be in the ocean. So I, my dream is to have part of my life consist of being in Florida where I grew up and fishing out of a skiff boat. So let's say 10 years from now, I have a family and a kid and a dog and we are driving the boat. I'm, I'm driving the boat and I got the family in the boat and we're going out to a, to a little mud flat where there's redfish and there's snook and there's tarp and all up in these mangroves. And I get to watch my growing son or my wife catch a fish on a fly rod as I'm push pulling them. And we swim that day. We are, I'm filming whoever's fishing. They're filming me. We're getting content for whatever companies I'm with. And I think that would just be like the picture perfect day. And then driving back home on a sunset with the ocean breeze. I love the ocean so much. Yeah. And then the other aspect would be rowing a drift boat or being in the drift boat with my future family. And uh, just summertime, I love throwing, I do love throwing streamers in the fall, but I do, uh, I would take big dry flies on the bank of a gorgeous river in the middle of the summer, like salmon flies or like golden stone flies or hoppers, big foam dry flies for big browns and big rainbows and big cutties. I would take those on a summer day in a drift boat. Sounds pretty good. So if you don't mind me asking, how old were you when you left Florida? I was four or five, okay. like four and a half. But you go back, it sounds like, sounds like you, I mean, fishing out of skiffs, that always looks like a lot of fun. Oh, totally. The, some of the HFA guides, Henry Stork Anglers, mm-hmm. uh, reside their winters down there. And just actually last winter, I got to go fish with my buddy Max down in Key West. And we have two other guides that are coming stationed in Vero Beach, Florida. And they, well, one of them's been there a while. And the other one is just getting started down there. Um, when my dad moved to Miami, Florida, to, for his job the last six years, I got to go visit him and fish with him a lot. That was kind of where the, back to the beginning of the story when he left to take a job in Florida and I was left in Boise with my mom. Uh, I got to go back and visit him and fish in Florida. I've got to fish for peacock bass and you know canal fish like cichlid and gar and largemouth bass, all these crazy canal fish that are just not supposed to be in those canals <laughs> big snook and then of course like going and meeting up with friends and fishing off the boat sounds like you've had a you know for somebody that's uh, not even in approaching your 30s yet ha- has had a lot of fishing experience pretty diverse totally i'm super thankful for that i know not many kids get to and i'm kind of shocked that i have because i feel like most kids at my age that have got that diverse type of fishing usually had generation behind them or more opportunity where their, their family was had big fly fishing name underneath them. Or I'm the only one in my family who really fishes. My dad doesn't even fish anymore. Uh, all my family is in completely other directions. My mom's a masseuse. My dad runs rental construction and mm-hmm. both my brothers or who knows where. Yeah. It's uh it's funny how life takes us down different, different roads, but you know what? A lot of times those good fishing buddies or people you spent time with over the years usually comes full circle. I'll come back to the water. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I got a couple of buddies. I know I'll fish with the rest of my life and that's pretty cool. Yeah. Talk to me about the, the end game. So talk to me about eye to fly. Um, what made you come up with, with eye to fly as far as, uh, just the concept of the, the travel fish film, 
uh, full-on media. What do you plan on doing with it? And, and, you know, let's look, I know just a few months down the road probably, but let's look a year down the road. What are you doing? Awesome. Yeah. Idaho Fly was kind of a name I just came up with, you know, converged the words fly fishing in Idaho together to make some sort of Instagram username when I first started Instagram. And then once I got my first Canon Rebel, I started taking better pictures and enjoyed that part of the the fish catch and the really cool picture to look back at later and the nature shots. I started to really love that and build Idaho Fly, my Instagram. That's kind of my name. What I hope to do in the near future is change Joseph Evans' Idaho Fly to Idaho Fly as more of a um, renowned name, maybe a company name, a business name. I don't know exactly the perfect route, perfect direction, single direction, I guess would be the better word. I'm going to go in yet with this business because I just kind of started it. I was sitting in my dorm room and I was like, I'm going to have a lot of extra time on my hands. I should probably start doing something productive. Uh, So I began building a website on Squarespace, which is super hard. (laughs) <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make Ida fly right now. I'm with that first trout fish film logo. I got help I got help designing that, and I'm gonna make some apparel just for family and friends. Not gonna get too many because I'm just gonna sell them to cl- some followers that would love to wear it. Close friends, some family, and from there, I hope to get some buddies that are close to me that they might help me start coming up with designs and maybe dropping some cool merchandise based off trips like for example i'll probably be back at pyramid lake in february and then maybe you make a small merch collection after that i think that would be way cool so that's where the aspect of ida fly is going to be in media business Mm -hmm. media marketing and then on another hand i hope to do blogging on there i'm going to be sharing people's stories and hopefully i can get a lot of people to create an account and be authors of their own on my page so they can write their own blogs cool yeah. And then I hope to also do what we're doing right now in podcasts. I want to do like a talk show. Yeah, you'd be good at that. And I you think know, it'd be really fun. You know what's, uh, you just kind of said something that just kind of uh, rang a bell with me when you said your college dorm room and you're sitting around. You know who did that was I had uh, uh, Jared Zisu from uh, Fly Lords on a whole long time ago now, but he, he started Fly Lords from his college dorm room in Tennessee and it's one of the, you know, the biggest things going on social media for fly fishing. So that, that's a familiar story to me. And you got, speak to that when you're sitting, like I think back to when I was younger, not that I went to spend a lot of time in college, but um, those are those real inspirational years when you can kind of sit back and you just kind of, it's a blank canvas. So, you, yeah. you know, you got some opportunity to be creative and you got time. Right. So talk to me about that. Where where are you drawing your inspiration from? Is it is it from the water? Is it uh, is it a, a business aspect? Just kind of because you, you kind of set up a good little dream ten years from now. Uh, just to kind of, I almost went there in my mind. Okay, I could see how you're going to get there. You know what I mean? Kind of right. planning just that for out. A living. Yeah. No, that's cool. Exactly. So kind of what what really boosted it was, I kept thinking if I'm not gonna fall in love with guiding for the rest of my life that type of hard work might not be down my my alley and it may i may start guiding and be like wow i love this so much but i thought well i'm not guiding let me think of other ways i can start making money in this in this industry so i came out with i'm like let's take my first design that's my email domain that's my that's just my slogan let's throw that on a sweatshirt some t-shirts and some stickers hats see if my friends will buy them and sure enough my friends have just been 
super interested in it. And I'm sure when I post on Instagram, a bunch of people who followed me since I was younger and be like, wow, look at this, look at how this kid's evolved. Let's support him. And you know, it's not big money or anything and drop shipping's not big money, but it'll be a start. And I can use that money to, for important things that a college kid would use like gas to get to the river, pay for my boat storage, anything small. And then whatever's left I can use for the next order of clothes or uh, the next piece of the, of the website build. And so I hope to just keep growing on that when I'm not guiding and try to work at that so I can have best of both worlds. Like I said earlier, I'm going to dabble into both and see which one I love and see which one's most successful for me. It might be a good time to put out your Instagram handle. I know we touched on it and your, uh, you know, your website to be, where are we going to find you at here? Yeah. It, I just kept the name Ida fly. Um, I hope to make Ida fly a much more, universal name to reach audiences out east too because i know that my logo right now just has the idaho symbol but you can find me on instagram at i-d-a-a-f-l-y-y i just got two of them in there because why not and then the youtube is also just ida fly and my website is www.idafly.com that'll be dropping this weekend to the public that's cool i'll look forward to that um Talk to me about this. I just want to get back to the water for a second. And, and this is a bit of a philosophical question, but is there something about the sport of fly fishing, Joseph, that you'd like to see us do a little differently? Is there anything that kind of irks you about where we're at? Yeah, a hundred percent. What's tough is recognition for younger inspire, like younger and driven kids like me that, I, you know, I, I send out 10 to 20 inquiries to big names, small names, podcast companies like I did a couple of weeks ago and got a hold of you or to other apparel brands to, or I'll send a random one, like a full, full send a Yeti. And you know, none of them, I get maybe one response to 15, 20 emails I send. And I just wish that some people would at least read it and respond and have a little more record like more recognition more Mm -hmm. more thought to hey maybe we give this kid a shot and you know it takes a lot for someone to build their way up and get there and i am definitely in no means ready for that so i see why that many don't answer although i feel like this industry is still has a lot of bias and still has a lot of look down upon i've even had a guy here in missoula i moved here and I was DMing some guides saying, hey, in the off season, I'd love to fish with you and learn a couple things about the area while I'm here for college. And some didn't respond. Some responded with, sure, I'd love to take you. Yeah, I'll, I'll teach you a couple things about these rivers that I grew up on. And then I've had a couple where it's like, why in the hell would I teach you what I've learned the last 30 years and give it all away to you? And they'd even say stuff like, we don't care about the younger generation. I'm like, wow, that's that's pretty wow that's pretty selfish and i think that that bothers me a lot well if you're yeah that's a that's an odd response for sure i I will tell you this though as somebody that gets i get quite a few emails and as you know once you have that dot com you just get spammed and it's like um if you don't recognize the email it's not I, i guarantee you a lot of the people that you're reaching out to, it's not that they're choosing not to get back to you. It just probably goes in a junk file. It's like, well, I don't know who this person is or, you know, but I, I did read, I read every email that comes in, but uh, you get, I get these robot spam ones and they just keep coming oh, yeah. and coming and it's hard to Makes shut those sense. down sometimes because uh, 
it comes from the website drives me nuts but um (laughs) you know do you know what's funny yours was in my junk folder and i never i just you know every every once in a while i go through and clean that out and there it was and then i'm like hey wow yeah so lucky me don't uh no i'm just saying like don't give up on that stuff man because those queries that you're putting out there it's just got to land on the right place but totally yeah no it's good stuff and you know receiving it the right the right time for most businesses too i've been kind of building strategy to that versus sending the email at 2 a.m when i type it up for those people versus waiting till the next morning on a monday when they're actually working maybe they'll have better odds at seeing it well that's the one thing too about this show is is my goal is always to get passionate people i don't care if you're 15 or uh, 105 um, I want anybody that has a, a passionate story about fly fishing and just trying to capture that. And it sounds like yeah. you're going to do that maybe with video and audio. Totally. That's, I'd love to do a little talk show, little podcast, but I want to film it, throw it on IGTV, throw it on YouTube, but then I can take the audio and place it on mm-hmm. iTunes, Spotify, whatever. I think that'd be so fun to, just to talk to other guides, just, just like what you're doing, other guides, other inspired people some anglers I kind of grew up next to and have they've turned into guides or they're just so dang fishing they can talk about how they grew up fishing I think that'd just be so cool the fly shop is such a great place for that too because that's oh yeah you know and Instagram now heck we didn't have Instagram you don't have to go back too far to remember a time before you you know you couldn't get a hold of people on Instagram but it's kind of like having a fly shop in your backyard oh totally I've ne- I've met so many people through Instagram that I never would have met any other way. And I've, I've stayed at people's houses that I literally just messaged on Instagram, trout bum couch. Like it is incredible. The amount of people you can meet on it. It's super beneficial to the, to the industry. And a lot of people bashed on it. I get just as much as I get really nice compliments on in the comment section. I get some pretty, pretty shitty ones too. In my DM later about holding a fish out too far, or mm. not letting it drink enough water when I hold it up. And, or I bend the tail when I hold it funky or whatever. But you just got to learn. I just do my own thing. That's another lesson I've learned too. I just do my own thing and uh, try and not put off a bad rep best I can. But yeah. if yeah. I do, it happens and I can fix work on it later. Well, and the thing is too, is sometimes we are going to make mistakes. That's the thing that I don't like about social media. It's not very forgiving. It's exactly. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, that's a moment in time. I've yep. learned. I'm learned. That picture's still up. That fish was out of water, but guess what? I released it unharmed. Or people get, uh, yeah, they get a little bent out of shape sometimes, and I, I get Definitely. why. But um, you just keep doing what you're doing, man. You can't fail. Thank you. Especially, yeah, I mean, take the high you. road on that on that crap. A hundred percent. So let's talk gear. So when you were in, uh, you know, fishing in and around Missoula or uh, in Idaho, uh, a lot of the systems you're drifting or floating. What's your preference when it comes to rods? Like, talk to me about weight. Talk to me about length, even brands. What type of, uh, you know, lines do you like to throw with your streamers? Uh, dial me in on that a little bit, Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I I definitely struggle on the gear end. I got a good camera. I drive a beautiful truck, although I don't really have a rod company, a real company I stick with. I've always just gone with bare minimum i recently just lost my reddington crosswater five weight that i had for six years so i don't when it comes to brands i don't have one currently but something i'm working towards i'm reaching out to a lot of people to get with a brand and stick with it and i can work with them and they can work with me but i've always fished lamps and reels because they're they're manufactured in in boise 
and I don't really work with them, but I, you know, they, they get the job done for me. Recently mm-hmm. I've worked with Cortland line. They don't make a bad fly line at all. And they make a really, really good floor carbon tippet. And I use their products a lot. My preferred setup for streamer fishing has to be a seven or eight weight with a shorter and really, really heavy sink tip for fishing off a boat. Mm-hmm. Like when you're, when you're floating down and I say streamer fishing first, just cause that's one of my favorite ways to fish. Although if you're fishing off the bank streamer fishing, you want to keep your fly in the strike zone as long as possible. And that really, really fast sinking short sink tip is going to get to the bottom too quickly. So that's when I use a longer, more tapered, maybe 40 foot sink tip or 30 foot sink tip, or even something like a, a really short and intermediate more or a slow sinking tip because I'm trying to keep my line in the water as long as possible and the strike zone as long as possible when I'm bank fishing streamers. And I use a seven or eight weight just because I'm a big believer in the motto. It's a tool, not a toy. So might as well go big or go home. (laughs) And when you hook and when you hook streamer fish, you're not really fighting them for too long anyways. You know, your 15 pound test, big meaty hook, big rod, you're flopping it over your head all the time. And you got a heavier fly line on there, so there's no no need to go too light on that. With uh, my nymphing and dry fly setup, I always just use a 9-foot 5-weight or a 9-foot 6-weight if you're fishing a, a triple rig, like a dry drop drop or a heavier dry dropper rig. is A 6-weight is just perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, uh, like, from my point of view, when it gets windy, too, it's nice. You mentioned maybe a 7-8-weight weight when you're kind of throwing these streamer patterns how long is that how long is that rod joe you're fishing i'm always just fishing a nine and i i love that seven or eight i even i recently was just fishing an eight until it broke on me but i like that eight because i like to when i target other species too like when i run to florida to go visit my dad i'll I'll use that rod for you know peacock bass and snook and whatnot and i can bring it back and go catch a two-foot brown on it so it's really universal Although if you're not doing that, I would say a seven is kind of perfect if you just want to keep it to trout. And just like you were saying, wind to cut through wind, it's perfect. And when you're night fishing too, you're, you'll snag behind you. And if you want to rip that snag out, you would rather have a heavier rod in that situation. Where do you get your source for fly fishing news? Like, are you a, you know, like a fly fusion, fly, uh, fly fish journal, um, is there a magazine or an online source? Where do you get your day-to-day kind of updates on fly fishing? Definitely Fly Lords. I hope to create content through them. I love YouTube. I watch a lot of, I subscribe to a lot of fishing YouTubers. And then for a magazine, I really read the Drake a lot more physical as in I see that magazine in Henry's Fork all the time and see it in local shops. I love the Drake magazine. You do a lot of fly tying? Oh yeah, a ton. I I don't I would never do it commercially to sell. And I would also I don't necessarily like love to do it as in a hobby. I do it when I need flies, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I it's funny, I do it in the winter as a hobby, but I do yeah. it in the winter because I need because those flies. Need flies. And I, yep. <laughs> when I can be fishing, I'd rather be fishing than tying. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, that's I I get that. What um what kind of vice you tying on these days? Ooh, it's a peak rotary vice. Oh, nice, nice. And then, do you do a lot of your own streamer patterns, or do you? Uh, 
I don't, that's a question I used to ask on the show a lot is uh, flies. You tie yeah. tie or buy? And and sometimes there's certain ones you want to buy and not make. Are you like that? Right. I definitely like to be creative, although most of my patterns go off a pattern and then they kind of just branch off with that a little bit of different flash or different color or different wrap um, of material. But I, with, when it comes to streamers, I strictly go off Kelly Gallup and I'll either tweak it or make it a little bit different or I'll just tie his pattern in different colors or different rubber legs, different anything. But I also just love Kelly Gallup's ideas and his stream patterns he's created. He covers all baselines from bait fish to crawfish to sculpin. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Is there anything that uh, about your fly fishing journey or about what you got coming down the pipe here that we haven't covered that you want to get into? I guess another huge, a huge goal or dream would to be to run hosted trips. So hopefully, in my short time guiding while I'm young, I can meet some incredible people that would be willing to go on a trip in the future somewhere crazy when I'm much, much, much older and maybe growing the eye to fly business to something a lot, lot larger than what it is today, we'll be able to bring in crowds that'll want to go fishing in incredible places. And obviously there is that money in that industry where people can spend the money to travel across the country and fish with me. I think that would be a journey that I really want to pursue in the much, much near future, but as young as I can do that, that'd be great. <laughs> Well, I can tell just by your enthusiasm and just your total stoke for all things fish, fins, film, audio, uh, you know, it's sky's the limit, man. Joseph, thanks so much for coming on the podcast tonight and, and sharing, for having me. sharing your story, man. I know I appreciate it. We've been chatting today with Joseph Evans out of Missoula, Montana from Eye to Fly. Check him out on Instagram at Eye to Fly or eyetofly.com. Travel fish and film the fly fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com thank you for listening to the fly fishing 97 podcast your feedback matters let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed email us at mark at flyfishing 97.com until next time tight lines and we'll see you on the water mm-hmm.